Hello and welcome to another SPAC Insider podcast, where we bring an independent eye in interviewing the targets of SPAC transactions and their SPAC partners. The chip shortage has been a serious headwind to many tech companies, but what has it been like for the chip makers themselves? I'm Nick Clayton, and this week I speak with Elias Sulin, co-founder, CEO, and chairman of NewSight Imaging. NewSight announced a $380 million combination with Vision Sensing Acquisition Corp. in August of last year. It provides the critical semiconductor components for LiDAR sets, as well as industrial quality control and medical imaging equipment. Ellie discusses how the company's diverse use cases and position as a chip supplier makes it a unique play in the market as compared to its hardware-making customers, and why Israeli tech companies like his are increasingly turning to SPACs as a major source of funding. Take a listen. So anyone who has been following SPACs over the past few years is somewhat familiar with LiDAR, but there are a much broader set of applications for that technology than just consumer cars, where I think most people think of it. So Ellie, can you just walk us through all of the different things that NewSight is doing with LiDAR and other types of imaging? NewSight Imaging is a semiconductor company, meaning that we are not actually doing the LiDAR itself. We are serving the LiDAR market. We are doing the chip that is the core base of uh, LiDAR and uh, other depth sensing, meaning that uh, our uh, chip camera can um, control a light source and from the reflection, it can create a 3D image. And this capability enable us to be the main component inside LiDAR, AR glasses, Industry 4.0, and many other uh, applications. I just want to mention in a nutshell that uh, NewSight is also having um, another uh, family of a spectral chip, which means that we basically build a spectrometer on a chip. And with this spectrometer on a chip, we have two joint ventures, one for water monitoring and one for healthcare uh, applications. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to get into all of those different use cases. There's there's several that are really interesting there. Um, but you mentioned chips, and I, I think one of the first things that I think that sparks in people's minds over the past few years as well is just the shortage that there's been in semiconductors You know, that's affected a lot of different industries. How has that affected what you do and caused any difficulties or any help with what you've been trying to put out there? It certainly affects us, meaning that on one side, we are a fabless company. There is a line in the fab, and as a small company with a relatively small medium volumes, we are not always the first place in the line. And on the other hand, there are uh, cases in which we, we need to plug our chip together with other components, so it's also affect us now. About that, first of all, I think that this year uh, starts with a much better situation than we had before. And during the time, we learn how to cope with this kind of uh, issues, meaning that in the case with, that we need uh, other components, we always find a way to use alternative components. And about the line, the fab and so on, we just make a much you know, long-term planning. There is a crisis, but there are ways to cope with it. Personally, I don't think that it's going to last too much longer than maybe the next 12 months or so. Okay. One other macro thing there, just given that you're an Israeli company, I'm sure you have clients all over the place. Have the supply chain issues specifically impacted you as well? Well, you know, uh, the last two years were not, you know, usually as any aspect of the what we are doing in the hardware uh, got impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and so on. 
But again, I mean, the world continue and this year started with a very positive momentum and we feel that the crisis is kind of behind us. Yeah, and I'm really interested in, once again, that diversity in terms of the use cases of, of your chips. How different is your business model and kind of your place in the, the kind of the supply chain, the value chain with each of those different sectors, whether you're talking about medical devices or something else? Are, are, are there some where you're selling through vendors or others where you're, you have more of a direct relationship with customers? As I said, uh, we have two families of product. One is a machine vision in which we serve directly the market. And uh, we learned uh, during time that, you know, we cannot uh, just come with, with the chip and try to sell it without uh, proving that what we do is applicable. So we went ahead and uh, developed the full uh, LiDAR uh, as a reference design. So we have a full LiDAR which we sell as a demo kit, a reference design. And we serve first-year uh, automotive, industry 4.0, AR glasses, and many other uh, applications that we find amazing, like, uh, you know, construction and smart city and smart building and smart traffic. These markets are served directly. About the spectral chip, it's a little bit different because spectral chip for itself cannot be applied to most of the applications. So in this case, we did it. I mean, we approached the market through joint ventures. So we have two joint ventures. The two of them are a joint venture with Israeli governmental uh, companies. So one is called WaterSite, is for water monitoring. And we are, have this uh, joint venture with the Israeli national water company. And we can allow water monitoring anytime, any place. It's a small connected device, IoT device that you can put anywhere on the water grid and it broadcasts and monitor the water and broadcasts to the cloud. This one is called WaterSite and the other one is called VirusSite Diagnostic and this one is with the Israeli hospital and in this case we can monitor a pathogen like cause COVID-19 that we did a clinical test. In a 20 second we can diagnose COVID-19 but now we move to other pathogen. This company sell a full solution. So basically, if I need to summarize, I, I would say that on the machine vision, we serve directly the market. On the spectral, we do it via joint venture that are basically AI software companies. That's interesting. And I guess looking at that, those differences, how do your margins compare, whether you're you know, doing more of a hardware piece and being more direct versus working through the joint ventures? And, and do any of those business lines come with recurring revenue? Of course, I mean, uh, the thing in, the, in our uh, field of uh, semiconductor is that uh, you have a roadmap kind of step-by-step -step evaluation until you get into a product. And once you get into a product, usually it's a long-term engagement because it's uh, years that uh, your chip is uh, embedded in system or into a product. And then you need to supply and support, basically. That's the idea of semiconductor business. About the spectral side, so their model is a little bit different. They sell the solution, so they sell the hardware, like the sensing device, most of the cases. And the model is most to charge on a subscription, okay, so to charge on the data and a monthly subscription in which you basically give a service to, to the customer. So for, for example, water site, I know that AI these days <laughs> became a hot uh, topic, uh, but uh, that's exactly what we are doing. We sell uh, one time the sensor, the sensor that sends the water, and with the subscription, the monthly subscription, we can support on the cloud the AI uh, analysis of the water or the beverage or whatever we, we do with uh, sensor. Yeah, I see. And, and just given that you're looking at 
lots of different markets there. I mean, how have you seen the, the sort of total addressable market for your products change over time? And, and, and what do you expect to see in terms of those trends over the next several years? There was a few years ago, the talk was that by this time, we will see autonomous uh, car uh, on the street and maybe <laughs> more than that. And uh, we arrived to this time and we realized that uh, there are not much autonomous car, but there is a good start. Now, what we think and we talked from uh, day one is that this technology of LiDAR and the 3D imaging and so on has a... Um, a kind of uh, elephant in the room. Uh, and the elephant is the cost and the price. And uh, if you try to sell LIDARs in uh, like $5,000 a piece, it won't, uh, it won't work. So what we develop from day one is the, we give our customer the ability to develop an, a full LIDAR with the price tag that less than $200 and sometimes much less than that. And that's that's our uh, difference on the market. So on one hand, we provide a super uh, performance for uh, our LiDAR. I mean, we are not competing in in terms of 400 meters and so on. Our speed spot is like uh, up to 100 meter. Full resolution, great performance, but very, very affordable price that match a mass uh, market uh, deployment. And I wanted to get into that a little bit too, just because I think, again, you know, when people think LiDAR, they think it's sort of all the same thing, where in reality, there's kind of different requirements, you know, in order to be able to do certain tasks, certain things. So can you break that down a little bit in terms of, you know, what do you need in order to have a chip that's working in a LiDAR solution for an assisted driving car on public roads versus, you know, something that's helping guide uh, autonomous industrial vehicles or other things or, or sensors? What, how do those, how does that market break down in terms of capability? Ability. We can divide this market into maybe two axes. One is the distance, the range, and one is the resolution. Basically, the range is uh, dictated by the rule of physics. You know, you shoot a light source, and from the reflection, you need to calculate the distance uh, for each pixel. Now, there, there is, of course, a limitation to CMOS the technology that we are using, but we found ways to improve it significantly and create distances of uh, up to 100 meter with a, a light source that is uh, really considered to be very low. And this is our uh, core uh, technology, how we do it. So the range is one uh, axis. And uh, the second is the resolution. So in this, we are really good. So our chip can um, work in, uh, with uh, about half million pixels and you can select each resolution that you want. So I would say because our chip is uh, relatively low price and high performance and have the flexibility to work in any resolution that you select, that's what make it uh, fitable to very different uh, market and very different use case. While the other component dictate the rest of the bill of material, for example, the light source, uh, you know, the other component, the software, and that's what makes it uh, different. So our chip, again, is very, I mean, compatible to many, many use cases. Yeah, and we, we've ticked off a, a few of those so far, but I'm interested in, you know, among the, the use cases that we haven't mentioned yet, you know, what are some of the interesting ones that you think that, you know, probably the average person doesn't really think of when they think of LiDAR or some of that advanced sensing? The use cases are very different, as we as we said. I mean, let's take some example. Um, you know, Industry 
you have a production line, you have a product running on the line, you need to do a quality assurance to this product and you need to measure things in a, you know, in a range of microns, few microns. Now our chip can work in a mode that creates one laser line that is extremely accurate. So just imagine a moving uh, you know, convey with all the product there and there is a line of laser and they are scanned through this line of laser and we can monitor exactly and measure exactly if the product was produced correctly. So that's a use case that we already you know, sell to. We are one of the best in this area. There are some other use cases that we have seen with our new customers that I cannot really talk about because it's kind of what's going to happen in the coming years. But, uh, you know, even today, the smartphone, some of the smartphone include the LiDAR solution. We predict that uh, this technology will be in most of the places that the regular camera exists, like security camera, it can be in, uh, you know, uh, computing, it can be in robotic, it can be in uh, AR uh, glasses, metaverse glasses, and all of these uh, use cases will need 3D imaging in a affordable cost, and we give high performance and affordable cost. Great, and I, and I want to move over to the, the SPAC deal eventually here, but could you walk us through a little bit just in terms of your timeline as you're commercializing all these various different tech pieces? Because as many companies that are sort of in this space, they have a lot of things that they're expecting that's going to hit the market a few years out, and there's some big pivot points that are coming in the future. Where are you in terms of your rollout of the products now, and, and where are you expecting the big uh, jumps to occur? We are a company that, you know, we are going to merge with Spark, but we have a very solid uh, business plan. We, we are with our foot on the ground. We don't consider a future a vision. We don't sell the dream, only the dream. Okay, we, on one hand, we, we have a vision. We, we can see the jump and we can see a lot of other small jumps. And uh, that's why we build a plan that on one hand target, you know, market like uh, autonomous uh, driving and uh, maybe also drones and uh, some future applications. But on the other hand, we are already selling to the robotic market, to the industry 4.0 market, to the existing uh, market that need a solution. For example, if you want to monitor elderly at home or you want to follow up uh, automatic doors in uh, places and train and things like that, all of these are immediate need of the market that already happened. So on one hand, we serve the existing markets. On the other hand, we continue to develop and get ready to the to the future with some exciting things that might might happen to us. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just looking kind of on that point, just looking at your your presentation that accompanied your this deal's announcement. I mean, it looks like the way you you put it, you're looking at potentially some some really big revenue increases in year three and year four, as well as EBITDA increases. Uh, what are some of the things that you see coming online and shifting in, in that period? Yeah, I mean, we we think that uh, eventually the, there was a phase that the market need to learn what is a LIDAR, okay? That's uh, already happened. The market know what is a LIDAR. Now the market need to understand how to integrate the LIDAR into the product in a way that uh, it can be mass produced and not, uh, you know, in a price that uh, is not possible. So, you know, instead to fight 
or to try to compete in the area of LIDAR. We think that uh, we are going to serve a lot of the players that are now in the LIDAR market, whether it will be a 360 around the car or whether it will be in every mirror of the car or whether it will be a DMS. We want to target uh, mass market uh, applications. And again, if you, if you are targeting to be in every home, in every elevator, in every you know, uh, car, uh, robots, uh, AGV, that's make a big difference than try to target yourself to be on autonomous car that might happen in 10 years from now. So that's exactly what we, we try to do to adjust ourselves to the market need today. Okay, so that's how we see the shift. And there are a few areas in which we already see the shift because, you know, what happened with the, with the metaverse, with the AI, with the hand gesture that uh, you want to operate a few things, okay, how you communicate with uh, computers, how you communicate with, uh, with others. I mean, all this trend of AI and robotic and the uh, metaverse and... I mean, that's the trend that we are into it. Great. And and looking at the, the SPAC deal itself, just uh, how did you come to the conclusion that, that the SPAC was probably the, the way you wanted to go in terms of your next stage of, of raising funds and getting to the public markets? I mean, how did that stand out over you know, the possibilities of an IPO or private rounds, the other options there? New site is a, we are a little bit different company. We are not ca- coming with a huge investment by VC. We are not invested by big VCs. Investments so far are really modest comparing to the semiconductor company what needed to, to make uh, six chips. So we arrived to a point that we knew that we have a great technology, great uh, market validation. We think that we can be very attractive to many uh, big customers now. There is a need, of course, to go to the U.S. market and to the European market. And for that, we need to improve improve our branding and to land correctly in the U.S. That's why we came to the conclusion that going public will be the best uh, thing to do. And the uh, fact came and uh, offered us look like a good decision. And I'm... I must tell you, you know, the specific SPAC that we are with, vision sensing, we are very lucky. They are very supportive, very experienced uh, people that can uh, take us from this point to a successful IPO. That's what we believe. And we are very advanced in the process. Okay, We are now in iteration with the SEC, and we hope to be able to, to close it in the coming uh, time. Great. And I was just interested in, in asking just because we've seen a lot of companies, uh, Israeli tech companies go public with SPACs. I'm just interested in, you know, within uh, Israel's little Silicon Valley there, I guess, how prominent is the SPAC option being talked about, you know, among other companies and, and how much activity is there in terms of SPACs themselves reaching out and, and just the general sense of, you know, is this kind of the, the, the main path for an Israeli company that wants to go public in the US to, to, to make it happen? Well, I must uh, tell you that it depends on the on the deal itself. So there are come some cases that the SPAC was not so successful, but uh, in these cases, maybe the evaluation was not reflecting the right uh, value of the company. We think that our uh, offer evaluation and the business plan that we are and the uh, validation, all the these signals uh, seems to be correct. And we think that we are very attractive uh, deal. So I would say that there is no 
a general answer to your question, I mean, SPAC good or not for the Israeli company, it's uh, very dependent on the case. I think that in our case, it's a very good uh, direction. It's a great shortcut for us to go to be a public company and to land in the U.S. in the right way we want. But for others, maybe it was was not the, the best path. And and looking at some of those other companies, there are you know several that are from the lidar space. Some even uh, Israeli companies that are sort of uh, involved in lidar and, and imaging in, in some sense. I mean, just seeing how they performed since um, completing their their deals, it's been obviously a very difficult year and, and difficult market for tech companies in general. But I guess just you know, what does that do you think tells you in terms of you know how patient the market is going to be as as you provide updates and get get your product rollouts and things like that. We treat the LiDAR not as uh, our main product. We don't call ourselves LiDAR company. We, we are a semiconductor company. So if you want to compare us, uh, it might be good to compare us to other semiconductor companies and not necessarily you know, LiDAR companies. So uh, LiDAR is our uh, customers. So I think that there were few success in, uh, in the last IPO of uh, semiconductor companies uh, like uh, Mobileye and uh, also a lot of other uh, cases uh, in which a company did great semiconductor companies. So we, this is our uh, field. We are, again, a semiconductor company and we serve the LiDAR market. But we think about ourselves that solve the problem that the LiDAR market face, which is the price and make things affordable. And unlike maybe other companies that deal with LiDAR, we never said that LiDAR is the only you know, direction. We, we always had the depth imaging, the industry photo zero and other vertical in parallel. So we are component maker and we serve all these verticals. I guess looking forward a bit, what is sort of the, on the technology side, some of the things that you're most excited about in your space? Granted, of course, as you mentioned, you're involved in several, but what is sort of the kind of the big thing you're most excited about uh, seeing come to fruition from the technology side um, in the coming years? If we talk about, uh, you know, our offering and technology, I feel very lucky because, you know, we we do good thing for humanity. If we deal with a safe, safe uh, system, like others in a car, so it's safe life and uh, safe life and uh, automatic safe safety system in car and all of this. It's saving life. Also in the spectral, we monitor water quality, so it's also helping to the impact. I mean, it's a high impact uh, company. No one uh, introduced solution that can monitor water in a matter of 4,000 uh, spectral images per second. We take it to the cloud and then give an immediate uh, alert in case the water is, uh, is not uh, good. Nobody else uh, can do it in uh, like we, we do. So we feel that uh, we contribute a lot. We can contribute a lot to the making uh, water cleaner and uh, life uh, healthier. And of course, about the diagnosis of a pathogen, we, we think that uh, our solution can be used for the current and next pandemic, as well as other pathogen detection. So overall, if you ask what makes me excited is then knowing that uh, beside the good business that we, we are going to do, we also contribute to many aspects of our life. So, I mean, that's what makes me excited.